Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to sound trite, but it's funny, you know, it, it was, it's been nice out, and then we had a storm, and uh, that's what the suddenlies of God are like, right? Like, like we, we, we believe God for something. There has been uh, reports that the storm was coming, and uh, we knew it wasn't a surprise that the storm was coming. They knew, they tracked it on the radar, and then suddenly it came. You know, when we live in South Florida, so rain is really kind of normal for us right? Uh, and it's not like, you know, it sprinkles a little bit, you know, for a day or two, and then it gets a little bit more wet, and then, you know, come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it rains heavy. Like, no, there's a suddenly, the storm comes, and all of a sudden, what we've been expecting happens, right? But in Christianity, as we'll talk about today, sometimes we, we, we expect our relationship with God to be like the business realm and where it's kind of up and to the right at all times, right? Like we can track the relationship, like God promised us something and then he's going to kind of just give us a little, 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 little until our bank is full, uh, where that doesn't take faith at all, right? Have you noticed that Jesus wants us to live in faith? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that he's serious about that whole living in faith thing? And um, I've, I've made a... Um, I've, 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 you know, I'm just going to be real with y'all. I've, I've, I've made some, uh, how, how, do you, how do you say this politely? I've made some unfriends uh, in, the, in the last couple of years uh, in, 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 um, in saying, you know, I have, I have traveled in my journey uh, from an encounter with God to where he is my everything to a gospel that is something other than that back to a gospel where Christ is the center of everything. And what you find out, I've experienced this first when I experienced Jesus, and second when I've had a revitalization in my life, is that people like you who you were before you met Jesus. Like people love that person because it makes them comfortable. When you come into encounter with the Holy Spirit and you come to worship the living God, it shakes the realms of society and it makes people uncomfortable comfortable and they want you to believe the problem is you so when i got um when i got when i got saved um i grew up a heathen uh, i'm not sure if you know any heathens uh, but i was among the best heathens there were uh, i grew up um really specializing in my heathenship uh, my heathenhood as it were and um i excelled in it i, I did not grow up in a christian home I grew up knowing who Jesus was. I had a supernatural encounter uh, with Jesus when I was eight. And so I always knew that Jesus was my Lord because he had visited me. Um, but I didn't have any teaching. I didn't understand it. So I knew that Jesus, let me say it this way. I didn't know that he was my Lord. I knew he was my Savior. Right? I knew that he was God. Uh, I had no idea what that meant. Um, and so I, I lived a life knowing who this resurrected Jesus was uh, and, and actually enjoying the benefits of his protection. Uh, but he didn't get any of the benefits of having saved me. He didn't have a, a disciple in me. He didn't have a servant in me. He didn't have a, a transformed life in me. Uh, he just had uh, someone who said that he knew him. Uh, and so I just lived a, a, a heathen. I uh, went through my teen years that were very, very, very rough that you know, if I could do anything over again, I would visit young Carl and say, get saved and join a church, right? Your life will be much better. Uh, but I didn't, didn't, uh, it's nobody's fault but my own. Uh, I could read and I owned a Bible, right? So it's nobody's fault but my own that I didn't follow God. And so uh, I lived, I lived a, a crazy life, uh, you know, left uh, home early, uh, homeless for a period of time, went and joined the military at 18 because I was homeless and they were hiring, right? And so I uh, uh, began excelling in that. I was in the military for, you know, six and a half years and then uh, got out and decided I would try to go to college again, even though I was a, a high school dropout, only finishing the ninth grade. And uh, I went to college and I found out that I could actually learn, uh, that I could actually excel because now I have some life skills to follow through on some things. And and the life was going, for the first time in my life, you know, uh, I, like I said, I did the heathen thing really well, so I was excelling in that. Uh, but that doesn't really get you where you want to go, 
Does anybody, anybody know that? Anybody, anybody like live like a heathen lifestyle? And then one day you wake up and you're like, my life is a mess. <laughs> like this is, I've achieved all the heathenness I had ever hoped for. And this is not good. Most people get that recollection either in rehab or jail, right? Like, like I have excelled in this life, and the reward is not what I was hoping for. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, that, that was me. I remember one day, uh, we can just be real here. I remember one day um, I was sitting on my front porch, because when you're hood, that's what you do, right? I was sitting on my porch, and uh, there was all kind of drama happening around. I had, a, I had an apartment so ghetto. Um, that we would track, um, we would track police actions from my porch, and they only counted if guns were drawn, right? Like those are the only ones that. Were, and we had a tally board in my living room. Like, and I'm like, what am I doing here? This is insane. I'm going to college and I'm living crazy. And uh, but I didn't know. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I like. I had no physical ability to change my life. Does that make sense? I had no, I had no outside because you, you, you have everything that you have. You need an outside influence to bring in an energy that is not already contained with you. You need a catalyst to come in your life. If you're stuck in a rut right now, you need some sort of external catalyst to come and change things to set you on another trajectory. It could be discipleship. It could be education. It needs to be somewhat the Holy Ghost with someone filled with the Spirit to come and give you some wisdom and guidance. But I, all I had was what I had. And in my prideful state, I thought I had everything there was to have, but I knew that my life was a wreck. And uh, I had been um, uh, fulfilling some of my uh, earthly dreams as I got to school and I started really excelling in school and um, uh, did many uh, celebrated honors projects and uh, was offered some really lucrative scholarships to some of the most elite universities in um, America. I uh, wound up in Washington, D.C. on a scholarship and... Um, Really, a job uh, in politics that was about to start, and it was it was really things were things things were things were well uh, in the natural, but in the spirit, I knew that something was amiss. I knew God was calling me, but I had no idea what that meant. And so I would read my Bible. I would read my Bible. Um, I didn't understand it, but I knew I should be reading it. And so I was reading it, and I would recite these verses over myself, and uh, I would pray. Uh, but I didn't know how to pray, and so I would say the Lord's Prayer. I would read a psalm. You know, I didn't want a psalm that was too long because, you know, I don't got all that much time, right? I didn't want one too short because then you felt like you didn't really accomplish anything. So, you know, I found a medium-length psalm that I would read after the Lord's Prayer. I wasn't smart enough to bookmark these things, so every time I'd pray, I'd have to find the Lord's Prayer. I wouldn't know where it was. I'd be flipping through, looking for it because I didn't have it memorized. Come on now. Like that. And so I would look for it, and I would find it. I'd read it, and then I'd go to my psalm. Fortunately, those were numbered, so I knew which one that was. And... um and so I was, I was literally fulfilling all of my, all of my earthly dreams, and I, I was living a life that I never thought that I could live as a high school dropout, as a guy who was, you know, just grew up completely poor, just, just hood, right? Like just, just ignorant, uh, and, and I was living all these earthly dreams, and I would... Uh, you know, if you ever lived in Washington, D.C., everybody in Washington, D.C. is educated, right? Because there's heads of co companies there. Everybody's got a Ph.D. And uh, I would be at these, in these parties, and I'm like, everybody there is from money. And I would tell them my story, and they just, like, I literally moved, when I moved to Washington, D.C., um, at the time, I lived in Opelika, right? Because I was poor, and I was hood, and I'd moved out of the, come on, somebody. I, I'd moved out of the hood of Lake Worth. Uh, because I, I finished my AA, and then we moved to Opalaka because it was cheap rent. And I remember, like, what am I doing here? Like, this is crazy. And I moved from Opalaka to Washington, D.C., and I'm in, like, they talk about contrast of worlds, and I'm like, Lord God, what is happening? And so I'm in D.C., things are going well, and I'm hearing the Lord tell me to move to Gainesville, Florida. Now, I had applied to a lot of schools and got accepted. The only one I did not want to go to was University of Florida. Uh, I, and, and now I know the Lord is telling me to move to Gainesville. Don't that sound like God, right? Uh, the one school of, I, I mean, I, I, I was accepted to some of the best schools in America, and the one that didn't give me a scholarship was University of Florida. And now the Lord was telling me to move to University of Florida, and I was like, oh. And so um, I could not fight this urge anymore. I didn't, I didn't know God, but I knew I was supposed to move to Gainesville. And so I moved to the University of Florida, 
And uh, I was living on my friend's couch there because I didn't have any money, didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I had enrolled in school, and um, I went to, uh, I, I, growing up, we called ourselves Episcopalian. And because uh, my mom grew up in the Catholic Church, and she had been beaten by nuns her whole life. And uh, she was dyslexic and had a learning disability, but they considered it just rebellion, that she was bright but wasn't doing well in school, so we must need to beat her more, right? And so that was, that's her religious trauma. And so she didn't want us to be Catholic, and so she figured uh, Episcopalian was close enough, right? And so we <laughs> called ourselves Episcopalian, and so throughout my life, I would just show up every now and then in dark times. I'd show up at the Episcopal Church uh, for a couple weeks, and then I'd disappear. So I got to Gainesville, and I found this little Episcopal Church across the street from the university, and uh, we went through the service. I didn't know what was going on, but, you know, we called ourselves Episcopalians, so there I was. And uh, we received the Lord's table, uh, and uh, as I received the Lord's table, I got sovereignly baptized in the Holy Ghost. Uh, the fire of God, come on, somebody, the fire of God fell upon me. I began speaking in unknown tongues. I could not speak English. I was crying uncontrollably. Uh, and uh, went up to receive the Lord's table, came back, they're singing Hosanna in the highest, and I could not speak in English. I, I, like, I, I did not know what was happening, but I knew what I was experiencing was God, right? And so a couple weeks later, um, I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to figure out what this is, and I'm going to find God. And a couple weeks later, I, I wound up at a mildly charismatic church, but I made friends with some guys who had been touched by the revival in Argentina. And we became kind of a rogue healing and deliverance team. And uh, we cast devils out of people who wanted to keep their devils. And uh, it, was, it was really kind of quite the sideshow, and we really thought we were doing God a favor. And um, 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 things were like, think, 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 things were exciting. And I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that God had called me to lead people into the baptism of the Spirit. That, if I had a call in my life, it was to introduce people to the living God who would then fill them with the Spirit so that God could live on the inside of them. My life, of course, radically changed after that. The Lord called me to ministry. I had planned to go a certain career direction, and I found out that that wasn't God. And, uh, and, and since that moment, I have lived my life to minister the word of God. And um, I, 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 in, that, in, that, in that season of missions, in that season of just being a rogue Holy Ghost minister, the Lord began taking me on a journey over the last many years over this baptism in the Spirit. And, and for me, uh, you know, as, as we study the history of the baptism of the Spirit, you know, of course, in the Bible, uh, we trace it back to the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered, just like the Lord promised. Uh, he sent His Spirit, and He filled them. And, and there was a resurgence of this Pentecostal message, you know, early 1900s with uh, the revival in Wales and then the revival uh, in Azusa Street in Los Angeles. And people trying to figure out what is this baptism all about? This day of Pentecost, this Pentecostal message, people being on fire, people doing signs, wonders, and miracles, people being transformed in an instance. What is this about and what is the big message? And I'm going to kind of take you both on my theological journey and what I believe the Scripture teaches about the day of Pentecost so we can understand, number one, the Word of God, and number two, understand our mission on the earth. Is that all right? Yeah, here we go. Hope you got a pen and paper. Thank you so much. Pen and paper. No, no. We, one class, we all clap. Come on. We don't leave people out. Mm. So what I experienced and what you may have experienced and what the early Pentecostals believe is when you get touched by the fire of God, the first thing that happens is the Lord sets you apart from the world. The Bible calls this sanctification. In the early Pentecostals, in the early Pentecostal denominations today, they believe that you need to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost so you can be sanctified from the world. The early Pentecostals believed that you would first get saved, then you would experience the Holy Ghost to be sanctified, right? And so this sanctification would give you personally power over sin. If you are fighting today with sin in your life, if you're fighting with uh, attitudes and behaviors and strongholds, the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon your life to give you power to overcome these things that weigh you down. Say amen. If you're addicted to 
whatever you're addicted to, you know, be it pornography, gambling, uh, being a jerk, you know, whatever it is that you love in your life that is not pleasing to the Lord. The power of the Holy Ghost has come to set you free. Here's what he said in John chapter 16. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper would not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you in he. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. This is, this is that we would become holy. The Holy Spirit comes that we would become holy. And I would say to that, amen, amen. But, 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 but my, the error that I had earlier in my walk and that early Pentecostals had is that because I personally experienced this, that's all the Holy Spirit is for. And then we fall into these weird little traps of religion thinking that if we act the right way, we're right with God. And that we can test people's relationship with God based on how they act. And what we inadvertently did was we taught people how to act Christian without being Christian. We teach them how to act religious without actually getting religion. And, and, and that is the worst religion in the world is your fake religion. God would rather a real broken you than a fake whole you. Can you say amen? amen? God would much rather the real you. He created the real you. And often the way we judge what we're supposed to be is not how God judges things. And so in our desire to be holy, holiness is not the end we're looking for. Holiness is a means to be open to what the Spirit wants us to do. When we're not addicted to sin, we're alive to God. Can you say amen? And so the goal there is not to be free, just free from sin, but the goal is to be alive to God so He can move in our lives and He can be glorified. Say amen. This, 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 is, this is the entryway of the baptism of the Spirit. And, and as we trace through the 20th century and as I personally experienced in my life, uh, after I had been preaching this baptism in the Spirit so that you can be holy and get free from sin, uh, people realize, hey, wait a minute. Uh, when you get the baptism, you, you get power to be a witness. Then all of a sudden, your words become supernatural. There's something that happens to your relationship with Jesus that it's not just you. You can all of a sudden, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you can get what is on you and get it on other people. This is what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive, say it together, power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. This Holy Ghost comes upon you so that you could be a witness. Man, and I tell you what, when the power of God comes on you, and you, and you, I mean, this can look like so many things. This, 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 this could look like walking with us in a third world nation and seeing glaucoma run down someone's face and they can start seeing clearly. It, 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 it could look like people, like children who were born lame, get up and start walking as we have witnessed, or tumors dissolving. But you know what? It also can look like when you're sitting down with someone you love and they got a problem and all of a sudden wisdom comes out of your mouth that there's no way you could have come up with and it brings healing and comfort and direction to a situation. This is power that says, man, the God who lives on the inside of me has power over everything that you're dealing with right now. He's got solutions to problems you don't even know that you've got, right? He has got a way of working in things that you think are dead and bringing life to them. This, this power to be a witness. And, and when I say that, this Holy Spirit, like, like, like you, I need this, like somebody needs to hear this today. The things that you're dealing with in your life are more spiritual than you think. I'm going to say it again. The things that you're dealing with in your life, the warfare against you, the troubles that you're going through, they are more spiritual than you think they are. Some of you are so stuck in cycles thinking, if I just got to work harder, or I just got to get this thing right, or I just got to learn a little bit more or work a little bit more, and I'm not, I'm not a you know, thoughts and prayers kind of guy, right? Like I'm like, let's get something done kind of guy. But at the same point, there is an adversary 
There, there, there is an enemy. There is an enemy of your soul. There is a fallen creature who wants to destroy the Father, who wants to destroy the works of God, and hates you because you look like your daddy. And he is working hard behind the scenes to sabotage everything that you're trying to do for God and bring glory to himself. You have to recognize that the battles in your life are probably more spiritual than you think. They're not all spiritual. I'm not saying we need to pray away and, uh, you know, if there's a fire happening in a building, we don't need to have a prayer meeting like somebody get a fire hose, right? We'll pray later, but let, let, let's, let's fix some things, right? If, 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 if there's a, a murder happening, let's not, let's not pray away the murderer. Let's go attack him. Amen. Amen. Let's go stop it. We need some natural things. But what you're going through is probably more spiritual than you think. And this Holy Spirit has come. That we could be a witness that our God is not bound by the systems of this world. God is not, I don't know if you know this, but God works the opposite of the economy. The economy says don't spend anything. God says if you give to me, I'm going to multiply it. The world says, you know, hold on to it and be very scared. Be very, very scared of these things. God says I am the God of the impossible. The world says, watch out, someone might kill you at any time. Get ready to defend yourself. And God's like, um, I've already conquered death. That's not a fear you need to have. I have actually conquered death. Stop worrying about it. Stop, stop being fixated on keeping yourself like this violence thing. You gotta, I've conquered death. I bore the cross so you don't have to worry about dying. It's, it's opposite. It, 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 it's, it's opposite. And it's more spiritual than we think. And as I, as, as in the Late 90s, early 2000s, everything, like every Christian conference was about spiritual warfare. There was spiritual warfare in every conference. There was demons behind every bush. Everything was either a demon or you needed some sort of soul healing or you needed some spiritual, like everything. Everything was a spirit and people said, man, maybe there's more to this than we, maybe we've gone a little goofy on this. And then all of a sudden God began pouring out his love upon people. And we recognize this baptism of the Spirit brings intimacy with the Father. There is an access to the Father that we have by the Spirit. The Bible says in John chapter 14, Philip, at the, at the Last Supper, before Jesus, after he was already betrayed, that uh, Judas had already left to betray Jesus. And he said, now the Son of Man is glorified. The next thing he talks about, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you? And yet you have not come to know me, Philip. I feel like, man, that's so many Christians. Have you been with me so long and yet you not know me? Always learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth. He says, have I been with you so long yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Watch this, verse 11. Believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Listen to this. I want you to hear this. When you believe in Jesus, you get the whole package. When you come into faith in Jesus Christ, you get intimacy with the Godhead. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, the, the, the Father that Jesus has washed you clean, the Father adopts you and you receive the Spirit. This is the promise of God. There is a, there is a, there is a, a supernatural marriage that takes place. And, and in the Bible, it only says we're transformed twice. It says when we get physically married to another human, we become one flesh. But when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become one with God. All of a sudden, there's a transformation that happens spiritually that it's no longer me, but the, the, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me. No longer are you far off and cast off. You are loved by God. You are received into the Godhead. Father God becomes your Father, a loving Father, advocating for you by Jesus Christ who's praying at His right hand in the Spirit that He has here that is, that is, that is, that is working all things together for good in your life. And I need you to know today that if you have faith in Christ, man, God is working on your behalf. And if you don't have faith in Christ, today Jesus Christ is working on your behalf here with the Spirit 
Spirit to let you know you can let down your guard and let Jesus in. And he's here to get your life to be better and that love would abide on the inside of you and that things can be transformed, that you can love and you can trust and you can have fellowship with other believers and with the Godhead. Amen. 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 Here's what you need to know. The same Spirit that bound Jesus and the Father binds us in Jesus, meaning that we are invited into the Trinity. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was bound to the Father by the Spirit, and that same Spirit that binds the Father and the Son binds us and Jesus, which means we are adopted into the Trinity. Wait a minute, Pastor, you're saying that we're God? Clearly we're not God. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you've seen uh, you know, me in my life. Clearly I'm not God. But you, you are adopted into the Trinity. And there is this dance that the Trinity does that we don't quite understand because it's beyond our understanding. But there you are in the midst of it as a son of God, a co-heir with Jesus Christ, the love of God inviting you in deeper into the Trinity who is in all and all. This is the theological reality, but, but, but here's the rub. I've, I've preached the message of Pentecost more than any other message in my ministry career. I've seen more people all over this hemisphere get filled with the Spirit from, from, from Canada to southern Brazil. I have preached the baptism of the Spirit. I've seen God do miracles that I don't even necessarily believe happened but I've seen them with my own eyes. I've seen people, I've prophesied things that came to pass that blow my mind today. I have, uh, I have spoken under the unction of the Spirit things that there's no way I could know. I have laid hands on things that happened that I could not believe. There, I've seen more supernatural things happen than I ever expected God to use me to do. It is above and beyond all that I could ask or think. And as we have been leading up to Pentecost Sunday this week, I have been writing messages from the many, many messages I have written on Pentecost. And it has been as if I had hit a brick wall all week long. Someone asked me this week, how was your week this week? And I said, it wasn't so great, but uh, today it's good because I'm in the house of the Lord. Say amen. I'm like, Lord, what in the world is happening here? It's Pentecost. That's Carl's day. This is what we do. We, we got a flame on the door. Like, this is who we are about. The, the, like, Pentecost, this is, this is it. And I've been preaching on, you know, Pentecost being that season between when Jesus ascended into heaven and, and, and the disciples were alone and before the Spirit fell and God had joined them again, this what we've been calling this desert season that the disciples were in. And I don't know if you know this, but if you're filled with the Spirit, you will speak prophetically even when you don't know it. And I found my own self this week in a bit of a wilderness season saying, God, God, I don't know if you know this, but Sunday morning is coming and uh, at 10 o'clock I'm going to have to be on the stage and have something to preach. I sure would like it if you had something to do with that. That would be very helpful if you let me know what I'm supposed to communicate. But, 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 but I'm doing these videos every day at noon. We're praying together. The Lord's speaking to me about me and trusting him and, and all the these wonderful things that God's telling me, and yet, and yet, and yet God was talking, and, and I'm like not getting anything for today, and I'm like, Lord, what's, what, 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 what's going on? And I'm having meetings with people this week. I'm having pastoral counseling sessions, and the Holy Ghost is coming, and the Word of God is coming forth, and words of wisdom are happening, and people are like, oh my God, this is, this is so good. God is here. This is profound. I'm like, wow, this is profound. And you know, God, while you're here, if you can go ahead and let me know what it is I'm preaching this Sunday, that would be super helpful. I mean, you're already here. You don't have to make a second trip. You know, just right now would be a good time. Just... Just download that message, and, um, um, and, 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 and yet I was just stuck. Just stuck. You ever felt yourself just like doing everything right, and you just feel stuck? Has, has this ever happened to you? Like, God, I've done everything you've asked me to do, and, and yet I feel stuck in the wilderness, so to speak. And, 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 and I, I couldn't hear God for my message. And Friday came. I've just been studying, reading everything, praying, enjoying Jesus not getting a message. And then I got a text message Friday. I'm like, okay, I got Saturday and that's all I got to get this thing together. And then I get this text message. If you put it up here, uh, 
Uh, so Wana Duke texted me and said, hey, just following up on the Ramples Move group. That's happening this weekend. I don't know if you know, this is a tropical storm happening this weekend. And I'll have a message and it's Friday. Saturday, we're going to move the Ramples who live on the third floor. And I just said, bless God. I'm just so thankful that I'm counted a friend of Duke's. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to have the right attitude, you know. You know what I'm saying? You know, you want to have the right attitude. He's a friend. You want to help out a friend. But I got, got a little thing I got to finish, you know, writing a message. And, uh, you know, Saturday morning comes around and, uh, you know, I ask people, you know, maybe, maybe don't rent a truck, get an ARC, you know, like because... And, and, so I, and so I text him, go ahead if you would here, uh, would you, why would you schedule your move during a tropical storm, Duke? Why would you do this? Did they have discounts on U-Hauls during tropical storms? Is that why? Because Duke is a frugal man. Duke likes to save money. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like I don't know, if, you know, I wear glasses, should I wear goggles during this move? I don't, I don't know exactly what I should be doing. What, what I need, and Damon just says, Duke loves drama, you know, so Damien's just, we can't have a simple move, it's, it's got to be like this, and, uh, and, 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 and I got this, I got this, 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 I got this conflict, this internal, anybody know what I'm talking about, I got this internal wrestling happening, right, I have two competing forces in my life, right, number one is the flesh, Number one is my agenda. I have other things going on other than being a moving service Saturday morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got other things happening in my life, right? That's, that's, that's the flesh. And then there's the spirit that says, Duke is my friend. My wife is like, listen, you got stuff going on. And my wife, my wife is a, is a therapist, right? And um, she actually has an intensive uh, therapy. She's at a school right now for EMDR, uh, which was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is why she's abandoned me this morning. But give it up for her if you would, yeah. So she's, she's, she's at, at, at school for this advanced thing. I don't know what it stands for, but it has something to do with getting people better. I don't know. Uh, and so my wife, you know, she always likes to fall into therapist mode. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been married to a pastor, therapist, or just someone who thinks they can fix your problems. Uh, but, um, and she starts telling me, listen, listen, Carl. She says, you're not a young man. I'm like, whoa, hey, 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 hey. She's like, you just need to, you don't need to be moving stuff this weekend. You got, so I was like, but you know, I want to take that word, but Duke's my friend, right? So like there's a spirit in my soul who says, I have a friend who needs help. I, I know I need to help him. Nothing in me wants to help, right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right? You, you hear what I'm saying, right? But, but you're like, no, no, I'm, of course I'm going to help. Like, of course I'm going to, of course I'm going to do this thing. Of course, if my kids are hurt, I'm going to rush in harm's way, right? Of course, if we're being attacked by a dog, I'm going to keep myself between the dog and my family, right? Of course I'm going to do, nothing, nothing, nobody wants to stand in between an attacking dog and their family, right? But of course you're going to do that, right? Of course you're, you're going to do that. And, and so I, I asked my son, hey, you doing anything? Duke could use some help moving and thank the Lord Jesus. He's 21. He, he's got far better energy than I did. He showed up. And so as, as, we're, as we're leaving, we're in the car. That, that's a, you don't have to mock him anymore. You can take that down there. So um, and so um, as we're in the car, it, you know, I, I drove there that morning. When I woke up that morning, I was thinking like, man, it's, 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 not, it's not raining out. It's like the sea rose, right? Like then the water doesn't look like it's falling anymore. Like it's just here, right? Like it's just water, right? And I'm just like, I'm driving there. And, 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 and there's this duality that we read about in Romans 7, like, like, I know what I need to be doing now, but something in me doesn't want to be doing it, but I'm going to be doing it. But I, and so the, so the battleground isn't really whether or not I'm going to do it, it's just what kind of attitude I'm going to have, right? And, 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 and I, I didn't win that the whole time, right? If I could be honest with you, I didn't win that battle. But I, I just woke up and I said, you know, this is what we do. Like, I'm a Christian, we help people, right? Like, this is, this is, this is, this is what we do. I'm a Christian, we help people. If I'm not going to help Duke move, then what is this faith about? Like, then what, 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 what are we doing here? Like, what is the church about? What, why did, like, what? If it's not about people, then what is it? Right? And so I'm, I'm in my car with my son uh, who, who helped, and I'm so glad. And I just began telling him, I was like, son, I, um, this, is, this is what the church is. The, the church is people who are in crisis helping, help, people helping people who are in crisis, people who, are, who need help, people 
who are out of community having community. People who aren't alone in the world anymore. This is, this is about the body on the earth being unified with a mission to, to, to help, right? Like this, this is literally, this is literally what it's all about. And I'm like, man, aren't you glad that God is working on the inside of people around you to meet needs? Aren't, aren't you glad that at some point where you were in crisis, your phone rang supernaturally and somebody checked up on you? Aren't you glad that like you could reach out in a time of crisis and somebody was there who had been through it and they supernaturally got connected to you and helped you get through that season? Aren't you glad that the Holy Ghost isn't just about my holiness and my sanctification and me being right and me being a witness, but it's actually about other people having something that I need in this time of chaos, something that I need, that, that the Lord supplies my need, not just supernaturally that I, what I work it up, but he actually has put my supply on the inside of other people. And when I join myself to the church, I get the resources in them that God has given them for me. Like, aren't you glad that you're not alone, that the Holy Ghost is on the body of Christ to minister to the body? I got to tell you, I really, I really, really am. And, 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 and I had to remind myself, you know, God is working even when we don't see him. God is working even when we don't see him. And so I'm sitting there. I want you to catch the prophetic. See, when you're filled with the spirit, you live a prophetic life. I'm sitting in the car with my son and I'm giving my son a little lecture on why the spirit came. Complaining about not having a message about why the spirit came. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, son, this is why the Holy Ghost came, to bring people together into the body of Christ. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's a good word, Carl. I was like, oh, that's a good word right there. <laughs> I'm like, you could have, we could have had this conversation on Monday. That would have been helpful, right? But we're having it on Saturday afternoon. That's all right. And so, you know, I go, I go, I go, I go, you know. I'm like, all right, Lord, I, I get it. I get it. God's not done working on me. He's not done working on you. God is still bringing us into new stuff. God is working even when we don't see him. And I need you to see on this day of Pentecost, yes, the spirit was poured out and people spoke in tongues and, and there were all kind of supernatural things that, that happened on that day. But I want to crack this open real quick and, 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 and take a, a look at the scriptures here in Acts chapter 2. It says, now... Verse 5, now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, it says that the spirit was poured out and it fell upon people. It says they heard them speaking in his own language and they were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all these who are speaking? Why are why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? That's important. Are they not Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language into which we were born? Parthians and Medes and people with complicated names uh, uh, from Asia and Pontus, right? Verse 10, more complicated names. Egypt and districts of Libya around Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Jews and people who weren't Jews. Pe our people and people who aren't our people. Verse 11 Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Well, 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 well but, 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 see, this, 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 this Pentecost, this day of Pentecost started out, uh, it started out as a, 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 a one celebration, and in the rabbinic times, it got transformed into celebrating Moses sending the law and so they came together celebrating either either the wilderness or later the sending of the law on Sinai and this same day where the Jews had come from all over their different regions their different ethnic groups their different languages all came into Jerusalem they're in the same place but they weren't one people as we see here and on this day where they celebrate the law Jesus chose to send the spirit and this fractured nature that happened 
the Bible story of the Tower of Babel where people were all fractured. Now we see the Spirit comes and now everybody is hearing God in one language. There's a supernatural thing that happened at Pentecost that was bigger than one person getting anointed. It was bigger than somebody getting power over sin. It was bigger than somebody getting power to be a witness. It was bigger than a person having fellowship and intimacy with the Father. Something supernatural started to happen in the midst of this season. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, there was a community that had the Spirit fall upon it. There was a group of people, not an individual, but a group of people that had the Spirit land upon them. And they were all began to pray in the same spiritual language. I want you to catch this right now. What happened before was those people over there were the others. But when the Holy Ghost came down upon those gathered, all of a sudden we began to see each other as people, as children of God. All of a sudden, it got transformed from a fractured nation of different people groups and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essens and the Egyptians and the Assyrians to, wait a minute, I see them as children of God and we are all on the same team, worshiping the same God with the same language. And all of a sudden, the, the fractured nature of Babylon was destroyed and the Spirit came upon us to say, no, we are now the body of Christ. The community was filled with the Spirit. They began to view people that were different than themselves no longer differently. I need you to get this. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is a big deal. You see, what we need today is a new Pentecost. What America needs today, hear me, is a Pentecost. We need a new Pentecost. We need a Pentecost that pours out the Spirit and stops dividing people along really stupid things, right? They need to stop dividing people over nonsensical, non-biblical issues and needs to quit separating people based on who does this sin, but I allow that sin. We need the Pentecost. We need a new outpouring of the Spirit that brings the saints together as one. You see, there is this verse in John chapter 17 that Jesus actually prayed in the garden. He says to, he says to the Father, He says, he says, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. That was the prayer of Jesus. That's what the Father was honoring on the day of Pentecost. It didn't come so that one person can have a charismatic ministry and someone else can brag about their miracles. It was so that Jesus could have the one body he died on the cross for. It is so that we can stop looking at the other person and say, they're different from me. They're the other. I need to, I need to hate them because of how they vote. I had to hate them because of how they interpret the Bible. I need to hate them because they're going to threaten what I feel are my rights. And we need to look at them and say, man, we are joined together by the blood of Jesus and the baptism of the Spirit. Can you say amen? You ever meet someone baptized in the Holy Ghost and you're like, oh, you got him too? Like all of a sudden there's a, there's a, there's a kinship. You know what I mean? Like you just like, oh, you pray in the Spirit? Oh, all right. We, we fam. Like, like, like we're part of the same body. We're part of the same man. Like, or, 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 or you meet someone who's from a different religious tradition that you used to judge. And they start talking about how much they love Jesus. And you're like, oh, oh, we're, we're, oh, we're, we're actually, we're actually family. Like I'll meet, I'll meet people that I maybe led to the Lord years ago and they moved and, and, uh, or, or, or whatever. And, and I'll say, where do you go to church? And they say, oh, I go to this church. They said, it, it's, it's good because they, 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 they preach the gospel. Like, I'm like, bro, I'm not judging you on what church you go to. <laughs> like. I mean, just because they don't have a flame on the door, you know, they'll get it one day. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Mike, I, 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 like, Jesus called me to lead people to know him and to recognize that we are part of the same body. 
The work of the devil is to fracture. This is, this is why the early church, the, the first test of whether someone is saved is do they preserve the communion of the saints? Do they protect the body? I used to get lectured by Mike Rentler when he first became an elder in this church. He would lecture me. He's like, you have to protect the body at all costs. The pres- you have to preserve the union of the saints. When Mike, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm call you out on class here, Mike. Hope you don't mind that. Mike is like, when I left my church that I was a part of for 20 years, he felt like the Lord was leading him here. It took him how many years, Mike? It took him two full years. He said, I wanted to make sure I left and I didn't cause any damage to the body. That's the work of the Holy Ghost. That's the work of the Holy Ghost right there. The old rabbinic process said if you behave right, if you get the law right, then you're part of us. Come on up, Justin, if you would. But when the Spirit came on Pentecost, he broke that entire system. He said, listen, you receive Christ, you're part of the body. And there's a place for you. And it is now your job to recognize the image of God in the people around you. It's now your job to see the body of Christ as a unified force on the earth, making Christ glorified all over the world. Jesus poured out His Spirit on the day of Pentecost so that His body can be one with God. I want to tell you, You are not alone, and it's okay to need each other. Man, if you don't hear anything else from me today, you are not alone, and it is good to need each other. There are people in this body who care about your life success. We know it starts with having a right relationship with God. But there are people who spend time walking through the word with you. There are people who spend time working out the issues of life with you. There are people who will spend time making sure that you make, well, helping you bring wisdom in areas that you may not have wisdom. There are people in this body who aren't going to let you move in the rain by yourself. That's the body of Christ. The body of Christ says, hey, you know, I may not necessarily like where you're taking me, but I'm connected. And we're going to work things out. Have you you noticed, have you noticed, um, this might be triggering for some people, but have you noticed that when people are meth addicts, like they have sores all over their face? Because, have you noticed it's because they pick at their face? Because the meth messes with your nervous system and it makes you attack yourself. You start, you start destroying your own body. You're picking at your face. You have sores all over your face. That's what happens when toxic belief systems comes into the body. It starts destroying itself. It starts attacking itself. It's the same in your heart and mind. I tell so many people. We sit and have conversations and I tell them, hey, first thing I want you to do is start being nice to yourself. I want you to be conscious of how you think about yourself. I want you to be conscious about how you talk about yourself, how you talk about your past. Why? Because you were made in the image of God. And you may have made mistakes in the past, but today is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. And we're going to walk in those new mercies, not yesterday's failings. And the Holy Spirit is here first to get you healthy, but so that you could be a part of a healthy body. Where you don't have to destroy other people to make you feel good about you. Where you can be healthy. So Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. Maybe you've been in the wilderness. Maybe this talk and this teaching this last season is about this wilderness between the ascension and Pentecost. And you're like, Pentecost is here. I have it all figured out. No, 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 no. I wish, I wish that were it. But Pentecost says, now you're not alone in the wilderness. The Spirit of God is leading you. And you may not know where He's taking you. 
but he is with you. And you will, man, I'm just, this has just become the little pastoral message here. This is, becomes a word of encouragement to some of you. I need you to know this. You may find yourself on a Saturday morning in the middle of a monsoon doing things you don't know, you don't want to be doing in the flesh, but you know God has got you there. Remember, we, remember I told you that God, God, God will meet you in the wilderness? Stop running from the wilderness. Sometimes you've got to let go of what you want to be doing. Sometimes you've got to let go of being in control. And actually trust that the Spirit of God is leading you. For some of you, that means you're in a toxic relationship and it's time to end it. For some of you, that means you're, you're holding on to certain financial dreams that are running your life and it's time to surrender them to Jesus. Get back to the gospel. Get back to what got you there and allow Holy Spirit to lead you. For some of you, you had a time of flourishing ministry and now you're in a season where you don't see so much of that and God is saying, do you still trust me in this season to teach you what you need to be learning? I feel the Holy Ghost moving. I, I got to tell you. And I would just put this out there. For some of you, your marriages are struggling. And if you're in abuse, get out of abuse, right? So let me put that caveat there. But for some of you, you just need to quit fighting for your own rights. And figure out how to love person, love the person in front of you better. It was in loving the people in my life well that God spoke. And in your life, as we learn, man, I'm part of the body. It ain't about me. It's about us. It's about the purpose of Jesus. That God will speak and lead you. God has anointed you to bring the message of Pentecost to the world. Let me say it again. God has anointed you to bring the message of Pentecost to the world. This message of Pentecost, yes, it's overcoming sin. Yes, it's empowerment for witness. Yes, it's intimacy with the Father. But it's greater than that. It's, I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. And I'm part of a body that's bigger than anything I ever could have been a part of. And as I started off with a little personal story, I'm going to end this message with a personal story. It certainly isn't about me, but it has something to do with me. God has been moving in my life the last several years in a significant way, and I've seen fallout from that, and I have seen great, 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 great blessings from it. The timing of God is impeccable. Can you say amen? When God, when it's your season, it's your season. And you just see what has been bubbling under the surface all over the place. And I don't have time to explain all the breakthroughs I have seen in this season. But part of my journey uh, has been to, as my bishop says, out with the old and in with the older, right? As I have recognized that some of the people that I have followed in the last or the first season of my walk are not necessarily people I want to follow in the latter part of my walk. I would like a little bit more stability, right? And so the Lord has been, had me on a journey of who I'm supposed to be joined to. And the Lord supernaturally led me to Bishop Mark Sharona, who's been a voice in my life the last several years. And uh, he's, he's a, I don't have time to explain what it means to be a bishop, but in the old church, in the and the, uh, the, the original fathers believed that there's this thing called apostolic succession, which is not a, necessarily a Catholic thing. It's just a historical church thing. And the, this anointing was passed down through the bishops. And uh, you can just trace a line of people who have just followed God for a very long time through the bishops and having authority. And this Friday, Bishop Mark Sharona is going to be here at Revival Life Church. He's going to lay hands on my wife and I. He's going to ordain us into the ministry under his authority, and then he's going to serve us communion as what happens when bishops come to a church. They serve communion. And so if you're available this Friday, I would really, it would, it would, it would honor me if you would come to witness this and be a part of what God is doing in our house. Uh, if you're not available, I would challenge you to make yourself available, right? This is a big deal, and I, I, this is not come and, 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 and receive a blessing. This is come and witness a blessing that is going to affect you in the life of our house. Today, I am going to serve. Amen, amen, amen. Today, I am going to serve the Lord's Supper. On this Sunday, or excuse me, this Friday, my bishop will come and serve the Lord's Supper. 
Stand with me if you would, and we're going to receive this together. We're on a journey together, amen? And I want to tell you this. You're going to, you're going to, come, out of the des- you're going to come out of the wilderness with a new anointing. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't have the elements, we have it in the lobby. You want to grab some. Um, and if you're like, I'm not a part of this church. Um, there's only one church. Jesus' head, so, you know, you receive with us. We're going to talk more about communion on another day, but today we're going to receive. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul wrote it this way, For I received from the Lord that which was delivered to me, that the Lord Jesus, in the night He was betrayed, He took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the supper, saying, this cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hear me. Hallelujah. There's one body. And the warning that he gives here is, if you don't discern that there's one body, you got, you got troubles ahead. If you try to fracture this one body, you're bringing curse upon your life. And so I would challenge you, as the Lord has challenged me, is don't be part of that. Don't, like you see people on TV, like don't, just keep that out of your mouth. There's churches, you're like, just keep it out of your mouth. Because when you slander the church of Jesus Christ, you're slandering the bride of Christ. And you married men know what you do to people who try to attack your wife. It's not good. Wives, you know what you would hope your husband would do for you if someone tried to attack you. And as the bride of Christ, Jesus protects his church. And so he says, examine yourself. That you would be worthy. That teaching there has nothing to do with whether or not you got angry this week. It has nothing to do with your behavior. It has to do with, have you recognized the body? And have you slandered her? Because to partake of the body after slandering her. He just says it's bad. read, Read the words. It's bad. So just take a moment and reflect. Man, one baptism on one body. Lord, I want to be fully a part of your church. Forgive me where I have fallen short of that. I repent of the words I've spoken against your body. I repent of the gossip I've heard about your body. I forgive those who sinned against me by gossiping to me about the body. I release them from that sin. And Lord, in this we declare your death until you come. Ha. You ready for a fresh season? Are you ready for a fresh season? Receive the body. And all her beauty. took the cup and said, as often you drink this cup, do it in remembrance of me. Receive the cup of the new cup. Whoa, here comes a fresh filling. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Just begin to thank the Lord a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Here's the fresh feeling. Just begin to thank Him for it. Come on, just begin to thank Him right now. Just begin to thank Him right now. We thank you for your body, God, that you anointed on Pentecost. Come on. Let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware 
of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Yes. Let us experience the glory of your How we need your glory. Holy Spirit, you are welcome Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere Your glory, God, is what our hearts To be overcome by your presence, Lord Oh, Jesus, we do want to be overcome by your presence we want to love radically. We want to love radically, Lord Jesus. We want to serve radically. We want to be radically transformed by... Wow, 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 wow. Just strum a little bit more. Wow, 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 wow. Just open your mouth and just begin to thank Him. Some of you may get a new tongue right now. Uh, if you're online, just go ahead and begin to pray in the Spirit. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Let it bubble up on the inside of you. I feel faith in the, in the atmosphere right now. Come on, pray in the Spirit right now. Begin to thank Jesus. Let it fall on you. Let it fall on you. On day we love you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we trust you that you're leading us. We trust you that you're leading us. We trust you that. miracle of Jesus was new wine. The cheap wine had run out. At the wedding, he brought forth the new wine. I don't know if you've been to a wedding reception. I get tired at the end. He brought out new wine at the, at the end of the wedding. I just feel in the name of Jesus, there's people who've been in a long desert season. When I heard that tongue, I saw like a I saw like a landing strip, like it was like an airport in the middle of the desert. And the Lord is like, I am coming into land on your desert season. I am coming to land to bring new. I am coming to bring fresh. I am coming to bring direction. I am coming to bring provision. Come on, somebody. I am coming to show you the way out. And as I saw this, come on, this might mean something for somebody. You might be excited about it. And I saw someone, you're in the desert, and there's this airport, and then there's just cones all the way to where you're supposed to go. And the Lord is bringing direction in your life right now, out of the desert season, into the promised land. Come on, just go ahead and receive it right now. Just go ahead and act like it's for you. He's bringing you out of the desert season, into the promised land. Just thank Him right now. Father, we thank you for this fresh outpouring of your Spirit. Come on, some of you need to write that down as the word of the Lord over your life. And when the devil tries to tell you you are stuck in this desert, you say, no, 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 no. I got new wine 
and he's leading me into the promised land. Come on, Holy Spirit, you're welcome one more time if you will, please. Come on, we'll sing it, sing it, just sing it. Come on, you're welcome right here to lead me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence. anointing upon your people today. Your presence and your provision, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus that this new season would open for them and that they would see they would be totally given to your spirit, overwhelmed, even in the rains, even in the desert, even in the tough season, knowing that you are with them. And I pray, I pray that people would get Holy Ghost connections in this room and they would, they would, they would get out of their comfort zone and ask to meet, ask to be discipled, ask to be connected to people in a way that is tangible in their lives. They would no longer walk as orphans, but as sons and daughters of God. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Give a clap off for the Lord, if you would. We got some people in the lobby. If you need uh, to be connected, you need a life group, you gave your life to Jesus today, they're going to be in there and they would love to meet with you. Keep uh, our, our, our church family in prayer as Ed is recovering from uh, uh, having a pacemaker installed. Other people are still fighting illness. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tonight for prayer. Amen. Amen.